Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Telling everybody everything. It's nearly October, which means it's nearly Halloween, which means it's almost Christmas. I do wonder whether Jonathan Ross is having a Halloween party this year because, I don't know, he and his friends are getting on a bit. I don't know why anyone would want that much traffic and tomfoolery in their house. I mean, it's kind of all in the garden. If you don't know, Jonathan Ross, one of the world's most beloved men, television presenter, Bon Vivant, he has an annual Halloween party that is known for its celebrity attendees. And I've been invited in recent years, and I have lots and lots of fun there. But what's also happening is Jonathan's children, the wonderful Betty, Harvey, and Honey Ross, they're getting older, they're in their 20s, and the party is kind of being handed over to them in a way. So I kind of straddle, you know, I really enjoy the company of Jonathan and Jane. Equally, I really enjoy Honey and Betty's company. Don't know Harvey very well. I'm sure he's great. Um, But I mean, if that were me, if I were Jonathan Ross, and some nights in my own mind I am, would I really want to do that? I mean, the family loves Halloween. What I'm saying is we didn't have the Halloween party last year and I missed it. I love catching up with all my comedian friends there and getting to see some huge celebs in costume and, you know, trying to guess who they are. Because um, the biggest celebs, you know, they feel free. They just wear a mask. And then I just don't know if it's going to happen this year due to the vid and social distancing, etc. But I really hope that it does. Jonathan, I know he's an avid listener of telling everybody everything. I mean, I could just text him, but that's rude to be like, are you having your party? Just I'll just invite myself over. Oh my gosh, and the children, Violet, would really love going to Jonathan's early in the day and watching the trick-or-treaters because he opens his, uh, not his home, but all the decorations outside. He makes this big f- like fuss for the neighborhood and loads of people come from as far as Manchester just to see his decorations. And, you know, I love a festive family. I want to go. Oh, well. So it's nearly autumn. It's nearly autumn. Bobby is stressed about the garden. How's he going to rake leaves? How, you know, I think he's getting to the point where he loves doing the garden. If you follow me on Instagram or indeed my husband, the gorgeous Bobby K, 
then you know that he takes great care in keeping the lawn. He loves doing different types of lines when he mows the lawn, or we call it a garden here in the UK. I'll tell you, British people, we do not call the backyard a garden. A garden is a portion of maybe your land where you have flowers and vegetables, but the lawn is the lawn. That's grass. And we care about grass where we come from, both marijuana, which I do not smoke, and grass that grows on the lawn. That's the language we're dealing with. And Bobby cares about lawns. But he's trying to find someone to rake the leaves. And it's tough going. You know, he's not just going to hand over a big responsibility like that to just anyone. Um, He's auditioning, you know, seeing how people feel about lawns, what their commitment to leaf raking is before he will allow them into our garden. And Bobby's not one to outsource. And I was raised, well, chiefly by my mother, but my dad was happy to outsource. He's like me. My dad's like, well, well, I'm not doing it. I'll just hire. And if you think that's a bad Irish accent, it's not a bad Irish accent. It's my dad's Irish accent after he's lived in Canada since he was eight years younger than I am now. So his accent is all his own. But he was very happy to hire someone to screw in a light bulb, rake the lawn, or do whatever. And that ladies and gentlemen, is privilege. I love Bobby. Um, My book, The Audacity, is about to come out, and there are portions of it featured in You Magazine today. Today's Sunday. You Magazine is an insert in the Sunday mirror. I'm on the cove looking fly. And of course, they chose to zero in on some of the cheeriest parts of my book, i.e. when someone called child services on me. For, for no reason. It was just like a malicious thing to rile me up. And some toxic relationships that would sort of be described. I, I mean, I don't know why I'm distancing myself from it. Some of my relationships, which, you know, I don't assign any timeline or any person that you might think I was dating to any of the stories in the book. Just you don't know anyone I was dating that I feature in the book. Um, those relationships would kind of be class would be classified as being abusive, course of controlling, emotionally abusive relationships now. But they weren't back then. Back then I was just dating an asshole, you know? So I talk about my relationships because though it is sometimes shameful and I'm embarrassed that I put myself in some of the positions that I put myself in, other comedians know what I'm talking about. They were always like, Catherine, we never like your boyfriends. What are you doing? Um, some of those choices were a huge departure from who I am or who I was or who I appeared to be with friends. I don't know why. I still don't know why I was making those choices. But anyway, um, and then I never have anything bad to say about Bobby. Bobby came into my life at a point where everything just started making sense. My late 30s, if you're not in your 30s yet, just wait. You hit 35 and everything just starts to go, oh, that's why I did that. Oh, this is okay. Well, I'm going to iron that out. I don't deserve to be treated this way. Oh, some of my caretakers were a bit like this. And that's why I find familiarity and that feeling. It feels like chemistry, but it is in its toxicity, intoxicated by toxicity. I started to sort myself out. And that's how I met Bobby. And he is sorted out. And he is wonderful and lovely. And I never complain about him. Why? Because well, he doesn't give me anything to complain about, number one, but also he's my husband. So it's not faffing about being like, this boyfriend's a piece of trash. He's my husband and he's not trash. However, he was killing me last night, killing me because I have the boobs, I get up with the baby. That's a fine arrangement. 
But last night, Bobby was tossing and turning, snoring, stirring. And I realized, I don't know when Bobby is tipsy until he's asleep. I can't tell when he's awake because Bobby, like me, when we were teenagers, we were the kind of steadfast drunks that we could be counted on to speak to the police if our party got busted. You know, if neighbors were like, oh, these 16-year-olds are having a bash, police would come to the door to address the noise complaint. Bobby and I were, you know, not slurring our words. We could walk in a straight line. We were totally sound. And we would say, oh, yes, officer. No, no, that's actually not true. While everyone hid under the picnic tables in the yard. Um, Bobby's no different now. I can't really tell when he's been drinking. But when he was asleep last night, my Lord, you know how you just turn over, you just roll over, you know, like turning the page in a book. That is something that should not cause jostling of the entire room. Bobby, Lord knows why, launches himself into the air like a breached orca whale and splashes back down into the bed just to roll over. He's like, whoop and down and that jostles me it bothers fred because yeah i'm a co-sleeper i keep fred either in the bed or right next to the bed in his bassinet don't write me any emails about it and um he snores so loud sometimes he was just snoring and snoring and it wasn't disturbing the baby the baby thought it was awesome fred was like oh my god dad's awake and he's pretending to be a bear let's party And I keep notes about Fred's sleep schedule, just so that I know what's going on. And what was he doing? Let me see. You won't believe this. Okay. 6.30 p.m. I gave him a bath, gave him some milk, bed. 7.30, he had some more milk. Fine. Then he was asleep. 10.30 awake. 11.45 awake. 1 awake. 2.40 awake. 3.20 awake. 4.40 awake. 6 a.m. awake for the day. This is my life. So I don't know if you find this with your husbands or indeed your partners, Difficult to tell if they're tipsy until they're asleep. He was not listening to instructions. At one point, he had his foot on the ground and the rest of his body in the bed. One point, he was like completely in the middle of the bed on my side. And when I'm feeding the baby, I'm holding the baby with one arm, holding the bottle of expressed breast milk because my baby likes me to like do double duty. Oh, no, pump the milk while I'm asleep, decant it into a bottle for me so it's easy to drink. When I awake, I will shotgun that entire bottle of milk in a hurry because I'm lazy and I don't want to breastfeed, but I do want breast milk. Uh, So I got both my hands occupied, one with the bottle, one with Fred. And it's very difficult to smack Bobby, you know, to like do anything. I can't make noise with my voice because I don't want to annoy the baby. So I just have to glare and wait. But I love him very much. It's not his fault. I just think it's funny. Is this is this why married people complain so much? Because I've never experienced anything like it. Um, drinking while you cook. This is why every person with a family goes, oh, I love cooking. I consider myself a real foodie. I love to cook. I'll tell you why you love to cook. Because you have small children and you've been playing with them all day. And when you cook, you're doing something useful for the family In theory, what we are actually up to is barricading yourself in the kitchen alone for an hour drinking red wine. And then at the end of it, oh, there's a beautiful meal and everyone enjoys it. Great. But what have you been up to? Solitude, drinking, you know, your own thoughts. And Bobby has fast become the cook of the house because he's better at it than I am. He is someone who follows instructions, whereas, you know, I get the gusto. I think there's a gusto ad on this podcast, though this is not part of the ad. I just really love gusto. 
Um, I'm not allowed to say anything bad about any other recipe box company, but if you've tried them, they're trash. Gusto's delish. Restaurant quality, delicious food. And I cook it sometimes. And some of the meals are like 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you know, fine. But I do it like jazz. You know, I make some of my own moves. And Bobby doesn't like that. Bobby follows the instructions. And really, they're not complicated instructions. His come out better. So he's the main cook. But last night, mm -mm -mm, he's not doing that to me again. He is not getting away with it. But I do love him so much. And it's not a complaint. It's merely an observation. I listen. I observe. I get so excited to get on the podcast, but I have this problem where I kind of forget. This is good. It's a good quality to have in life because I don't hold grudges. I don't really harp on things too much. But once a couple of days have passed from an event, I just forget about it. I just move on. And I made like mental notes like, oh, remember this because you're going to tell your friends on the podcast. But I've just mostly forgotten. Uh, one thing is I wanted to tell you to watch Ready to Mingle on ITV2 or the ITV Hub. That's on every night, just like Love Island programming style, every night at 9 p.m. I know some people have Love Island fatigue. They're like, oh, I've seen so many romantic reality shows. This one has a twist. This one is good. And you can binge it on ITV2 Hub, ITV Hub. You can watch all the episodes from the week and tomorrow kicks off the final week of Ready to Mingle. And then we have a really fun reunion. There's lots going on. And I'll tell you what I learned from the show. It's a decent, really good show. Bobby and I watch it, not just because I'm in it. And Fred is in it because I was like a hundred weeks pregnant with him. Um, I learned about male relationships, male friendships on it because there's the dating element and the, oh, how to spot a liar. What's she going to do? What's she going to decide? But there's all this extra stuff in there, like the way the boys felt when they found out one of each other might have been lying and the loyalty they had to each other and everything else. It's really an interesting anthropological study of men for me. And who knew I was pregnant with a little man at the time. So, you know, if you like my podcast, you might think, oh, dating show is not my thing. Just give it a chance. Ready to mingle. ITV Hub. I would appreciate it because, you know, if it does well, then we'll get to do it again. And I had an awesome time in Devon filming it. And I like it. The other thing I was going to say is, uh, oh, I have a book event with Fane in East London at Earth. That is happening September 24th. There are still a few tickets available, though not many tickets available. My friend Emily Dean, author, broadcaster, gorgeous. Oh, one of Jonathan Ross's best friends, godmother to his children. How's that for a segue? Um, Emily is doing a Q&A with me. So it's pretty intimate. If you want to get a book on top of your ticket, you can do that. If you want to get your book signed, I think we have some signed books there. I can't really stay. I cannot stay late for the signing because I have to go to Birmingham to film more All That Glitters with Fred overnight travel. Aye. But we, we love it. I'm very grateful. I do what I love. The book event, though, Bobby's coming. Some of Bobby's friends from Canada are traveling around someone's been double jabbed and they're coming and it's just going to be amazing and it's just going to be fun and it's a night out and it's cocktails and it's going to be awesome so I think there are maybe we sold probably 700 tickets maybe like 40 tickets left honestly if you want to come come and for all you freeloaders who didn't buy a book on top of your ticket I don't fine do what you want so the other night I'm foolish because you know I'm not TV's Catherine Ryan in my normal life. I'm just track pants Catherine Ryan, telling everybody everything's Catherine Ryan, whatever. 
Um, and I was home with the baby. We do have a nanny one day a week, but you know, it's tricky having a normal routine and a schedule with the way that my work is because I'm not gone definitely every Friday, you know, some Fridays I'm home, but you can't just stand down a nanny and be like, oh, actually I'm home. So you stay home. Like people need regular paychecks. I don't believe in zero hour contracts at all. So this is a wonderful woman of 40 years experience, maternity nurse. I'm actually going to try to get Carol on the podcast. I just don't really know the right way to approach it. Do I just say, Carol, do you want to do my podcast or do I have to pay Carol to be on the podcast? I'll work it out. Here's what I was thinking. Cause a lot of you don't have kids and you're not interested in kids, that's cool. But a lot of you do and you ask me questions. I have access to this incredible maternity nurse. So I was thinking maybe if you have any baby questions at all, she does mostly the smalls, the new, the new ones. She knows all her favorite products. She knows her favorite buggy, her favorite bed, her favorite way to do this, the routines, how you have to do this and that. She has all these opinions, some of which I disagree with because they're a little bit old school and I apply some Eastern practices to raising my children. Ooh, yes, I do. Um, I was thinking maybe we could have a Q&A. So if you email me telling everybody everything at gmail.com, any baby health, wellness, happiness related questions that you might have, I'll put those to Carol and be like, look, do you want to come on the podcast and answer some of these? It might be fun. And you really like her too because she's like nice salt of the earth cool british lady she calls fred freddo freddo what's them oh come on fredders you know one of these good 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 lasses i would love to have her on so she was here but i didn't have to work so i was like well i just want to be with fred most of the day um i had four interviews to do but i was like i'll just go back and forth and i'll have him and then around lunchtime i was like i'll take fred for a walk i love taking fred for a walk it's part of the routine Uh, He likes the fresh air and, you know, I like to walk. I miss living in central London because I walked so much. So Fred and I go out and there was this weird entrance exam happening in my neighborhood. And Violet doesn't know how lucky she is. I mean, Violet used to go to state school as a very left wing person. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say she now goes to a private school. I have very mixed feelings about that. If I could change the world and make it you know, perfect. I think that we would have completely socialized education, socialized healthcare, completely equal across the board. But I don't live in a perfect world. I can't change the world. And Violet is a little bit subdued and shy. And she was not getting the type of attention that she needed in her state school. And she was genuinely getting like assaulted, uh, like punched in the face. And teachers were like, we don't get paid enough to care about that. And um, I didn't I couldn't even blame them. I don't blame you. Uh, so yes, Violet goes to a wonderful, wonderful private school that I'm very grateful that I can send her to. She has access kind of just to more teachers there, like more manpower to sort these problems out and to give pastoral care. Um, Ooh, Bobby's texting me. Do I want anything for lunch? Obviously I do. Obviously I do. Chicken. Okay. Uh, there he goes again, probably on the wines. So, uh, although I, I will say, so I pay tuition for this school and, uh, I will never disparage the school. I'm very grateful that she goes there and I love all the faculty. I love all the girls. I love the school. I love the grounds of the school. I love the athletics. I love the mental health education, you know, and a p- attention to what young women need. I love it all. However, 
there was an open day recently. And an open day is when, you know, they show off the school to prospective alumna, students, whatever. And uh, it was mandatory that our students who already go there attend this open day on a weekend. And I was like, "Mm, what? Like it was mandatory. But I feel like then that's just my daughter on a sales call. Like she's going to the school to sell tuition to like other kids. Well, what the hell? Because I paid for her to go there already. Isn't it your job to sell your school? Why does my daughter have to put in a shift? Sure, it's a nice thing to do. You could be like, if you'd like to come and, you know, show the prospective students around, that would be great. But to make it mandatory, I think it is taking the pee. But fine. She went. Where was I? Ah, yes. There was a huge queue all the way down this long, 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 long road. I'm talking like, ugh. Didn't like Brexit, Boris Johnson just change like measurements in this country, use imperial now or something, kilometers, miles. It was miles and miles and miles down the road. Like, uh, what is a good unit of measurement? Like a hundred buses, a hundred London buses length. I'm not joking. It was a huge queue spanning the whole road of young men queuing to do their entrance exams for the following year. And they had binders and file folders and papers and diaries and they were stressing like studying for the centric exam in the line which took up the whole road it looked like an extinction rebellion protest i didn't know what the hell was going on um till i asked someone and i knew traffic was nuts from this because parents were just like parking wherever slowing down because people were like what is this like huge queue of kids And on my walk with Fred, I noticed this queue and I knew, oh, one of my jobs today is pick up the dogs from the groomers. Well, that's obviously not happening in the car. I was going to walk Fred a bit and then go back and get the car and get the dogs. I thought, well, I'll just walk all the way into the high street, collect the dogs and walk everyone back. That's fine. I can do that with the buggy, Fred, a newborn, three dogs. No problem. Uh, problem. I felt terrified I got to the groomers I collected the dogs and I started to walk and about three minutes into the walk I remembered that to some people I am TV's Catherine Ryan because they were like Catherine oh hey Catherine people are stopping they notice the dogs from Instagram more than they notice me in my baseball cap they're like hey hey congratulations on Fred you know there's a pandemic doesn't stop their hands in the pram you know oh my god Fred oh the dogs how old are the dogs what kind are the dogs what's the dog's name oh all these questions and I all of a sudden in the middle of the high street in my neighborhood panicked because I had seen this announcement on the next door app if you would like I mean, if you're someone who like hate follows people on social media next door is for you because like the worst people in your neighborhood who joined this app called Next Door, and you have to prove with your postcode that you live in this neighborhood and then you can creep everything that they post. And they just complain about like car alarms and dog shit. Some of them use it as a dating service. Um, they're just like window, what do they call it? Curtain twitchers who are like, I saw someone doing Pilates in the lane. And it's, they just complain. It's amazing. But I did see an important post about someone whose watch was stolen And what had happened was they were dining in a local cafe and someone in the cafe was positioned there to like spot people in jewelry and watches, whatever. And then allegedly what they were doing was texting a group of, you know, 
criminals that were all involved in the same scam and texting, oh, this guy is about to leave in like, you know, 15 minutes. He has a watch that we want. So then three guys outside in balaclavas with this crazy knife. So I've never really seen like too many violence knives. I don't really know what they look like. I just know kitchen knives. But I saw a photo of the knife that they used and it was like, uh, there's no reason for this knife to exist outside of violence. It was a very scary looking knife. They approached the man outside, accosted him as soon as he left the cafe, stole his watch, brandishing this knife and then like sped off in a scooter. Also, what's been going on in my neighborhood a lot is dog nappings. People are stealing dogs. This has happened all throughout. I mean, I don't know the world, but especially lockdown because dogs are more valuable. But I mean, I've heard of these dogs being stolen to be sold, but I've also heard of even more nefarious intentions for stealing dogs. But what I realized is I was in such a vulnerable position because I'd been mugged when Violet was a baby. You're vulnerable with a pram and people will target you because a mother pushing a buggy will never give chase. She'll just be like, yeah, yeah, take whatever you want. I was mugged a bunch of times with Violet. And now I have a buggy. I have Fred in it and I have three very exclusive, small, teeny tiny dogs that look like puppies and had been freshly groomed. I mean, it's just like walking around like, like with diamonds, just that daddy, like, come, please rob me. And all it takes is one person to text like, oh, I just saw Catherine Ryan, a complete fucking idiot with a Louis Vuitton diaper bag, three expensive looking dogs and a newborn walking alone up this road. I just felt like, oh, this is it, Catherine, you're definitely getting robbed. And I was walking home with the three tiny dogs and Fred and people are like, hey, hey, Catherine, hey, like screaming out of their cars. Hey, Catherine. Or some people were just like, oh, my God, what kind of dog is that? Is that a chihuahua? And I was like, no, just kind of started picking up the pace running. Anytime anyone sees a small dog, they think it's a chihuahua. And I'm here to tell you there are other breeds of dogs that are small. None of my dogs is a chihuahua. They're all small. Chihuahua means small, but it doesn't mean that my dogs are chihuahuas, but whatever. Uh, So I start basically running home. Megan, God bless her, and her teeny little sausage legs starts not being able to make it. So I put her in the shopping trolley of the pram, which is a smooth ride for Megan. She loves it. And I basically haul ass with the long-legged poodle and Yorkie, just like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm getting robbed any minute. And every sound around me, I came like hyper aware of anyone walking near me, any motorcycles going by, like anything. And as I started getting closer to my house, of course, yeah, there still is this big queue of people queuing for their entrance exams. But in London, people don't help people. Like, I could easily be robbed and people just watch me get robbed and be like, well, it sucks for you. And they all have their own children, too. So nothing's going to happen. And I just felt like, Catherine, you are the dumbest woman alive. Wait until you get home and have to tell Bobby that you got yourself mugged. And Bobby, of course, it's not like he would have been mad at me. He just would have been livid with the situation that he wasn't there. And he's always telling me not to take like stupid risks and stuff because I always do. And I don't think really about what bad could happen until it's already happened. When our house was robbed, I'm the one who left the windows open in the first place. Bobby's the one like tackling a burglar who had a knife that day as well. I just was like, it was one of the scariest things. I'm sweating now just talking about it. And I wasn't robbed, luckily, obviously, or this would be a very different story. But this is the state of affairs. You can't really take your dog for a walk. 
and be 100% certain that you're going to be safe. You have to be very vigilant and you can't really push a buggy and be 100% safe. You have to look around because you're in a vulnerable position and you certainly shouldn't be on television and walk a baby plus three tiny dogs in a neighborhood where there have been loads, loads of dog nappings lately. So I was really lucky to get home by the skin of my teeth. And I'm sorry if you tried to talk to me and I was just running. <laughs> Catherine, hi. No. Is that a chihuahua? No. What's her name? Megan. I just was running. And I couldn't catch a bus because there were no, no buses. There were none. But sometimes I do take the bus. Uh, we went into London the other day in a car with Fred, Bobby and I with Fred. And then I wanted to go home on public transport because what I know of having a newborn is public transport. When Violet was a baby, I used to walk everywhere, take the train, carry the buggy up and down stairs. Just public transport was all that I had access to. And that's how I got around. And Bobby, I don't know, Bobby's never had children. I only have that experience from 12 years ago. So I'm always trying to get him on trains. And he's like, Catherine, it's a bit complicated taking a baby on a train. If you can take a car, why not? If we can drive there, why not? And his culture in Toronto... The underground there is not at all the way that it is in London. It's, it goes like north and south and east and west on one line and that's it. And he's just like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable with it. Plus, you know, it's kind of a pandemic. We have a small baby and it's like just not, it's not the right thing. Nevertheless, he's so kind. He's like, all right, we'll take the train home. And it was awful. It was crowded and it was hot. And then we had to wait for the bus and the bus stops right outside our house which, you know, I'm sorry to say is like a big house with a gate. And it just looks ridiculous to like come sweating off this crowded bus while you're opening the gate to your home with your phone. And everyone on the bus is like, what? And you just walk in the gate to this big house. Like basically everyone knows where I live. I got to move. I got to move. I leave stupid choices like I go get the dogs myself I walk all around I am vulnerable I tell everyone on the bus where I live I've got to get more street smart and that's a shame because they say ignorance is bliss like I don't I always forget that people do bad things and do crimes because I wouldn't do crimes or bad things and then crime happens on me and I'm like oh yeah crimes Gosh. All right, let's take a break now, and you can hear these messages from Telling Everybody Everything's sponsors. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, hello. Let's open the emails and see what is troubling the nation. Catherine, he shaved his pubes on the carpet. My God, I had forgotten about pubes completely. I'm lasered within an inch of my life. What a throwback. Pubes. Okay, let's see what's going on. Catherine, hope you and the family are well. I've been living with my partner for a year. It's been easier than I expected, really. We occasionally disagree, but overall, we have made each other more emotionally mature, which is only a good thing. It was all going too well until today when he told me that he shaved his pubes in the bedroom, the carpeted bedroom, and then hoovered it up. I started laughing with shock and disgust. I mean, we did just buy a Dyson, and I'd love to hoover up lots of weird shit too, but this is a step too far, isn't it? He seemed genuinely surprised by my reaction and disgusted when I told him that the bathtub was a more appropriate place. What do you think? I'm obviously not going to break up with him over it. He's a great guy, and if anything, I think his mates... Oh, I think this makes him a bit more absurdly hilarious... He also loved the recording of your new show when we attended last month, which should mean he's all right. So I got to keep him, I guess. No, dismiss this man immediately. <laughs> um, okay. What level of shaving are we talking? Does he have a completely smooth scrotum or is he just like trimming? Because it's so weird, isn't it? That I have no pubic hair, but I think... I would prefer if a man personally had like a bit, I don't know. It's sort of like, I'm fine with culture uh, infantilizing me and me looking like essentially a little girl. But as someone who's not a pedo myself, I don't want guys looking like that. You know what I mean? That is so crazy that we grow up in this world where we're like, yeah, 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 fine for me. But actually, I know in my heart of hearts that it's gross. Or maybe he's a swimmer. And he wants to be aerodynamic and have zero hair, hairless on his body. No, it's not appropriate to shave your pubes in the bedroom. What the fuck? He was disgusted when you suggested he do it in the bathtub because what? He thinks that's dirtier. Doesn't he know about, you know, something quickly cleaning off a hard surface and the ability to like bleach and sanitize or whatever um, more eco-friendly cleansing agents that you use a bathtub versus like, did he hoover it all out of the carpet? Did he? Because I appreciate that you have a Dyson Hoover. I personally, as someone who has no active commercials with Dyson, I, I, their fans are not my favorite. Their fans are not my favorite and their Hoovers historically have not been my favorite either. I do like the hairdryer, but you know, it's Dyson. It's not fucking magic. There's going to be like a pube or two left in the carpet. And even if there isn't, like they, they touch the carpet and then, you know, there's some like DNA left. Maybe your boyfriend does not trust you with his life and he's purposely scattering DNA all around your house in your carpeted areas in case he should like mysteriously disappear and you've got him like hostage somewhere and the forensics team come in and they're like, oh, you know, she thought that she got rid of all the evidence of this man, but we found 
some pubes on the carpet in the bedroom. So yes, he was here. Oh God, I don't know. Look, this is the same. Like you love him, you're keeping him around, but he does things that are culturally weird to you. And I mean culture, not in like an ethnicity terms, but just the culture of your house and your life. You would not shave your pubes on a carpeted area, but he comes from like, who knows, the forest. Or like maybe he lived in a dormitory of men and he's like, yeah, why not? I hate the idea that we have to, you know, manage our partners. But in this instance, it's kind of an emergency because there are pubes in your bedroom floor. So I think positive, you know, rewards are going to do you more favors. Every time you go into your bedroom or any area that, and you don't see pubes, I think that's an opportunity for you to be like, wow, oh, babe, you've taken me to a restaurant where there are zero pubes like visible anywhere. Oh, wow, babe. Oh, we're going shopping today at Selfridges. I don't see pubes. I'm, I feel within miles of any loose pubes anywhere. Oh, oh, God, how lovely is it to get into bed and not to have any pubes littered around? You know, just highlight pube-free areas, and then he'll love that attention from you. And then just be like, oh, I loved emptying the Hoover today and not seeing any pubes in the receptacle bin wow I love it when there aren't pubes because you know nothing wrong with pubes they serve their purpose but it's the same as in like a hairdressing salon where like hair on your head is gorgeous hair on the floor of a barber shop whatever disgusting it's the same with pubes and you are better than tolerating them on your bedroom floor and if you still won't do it wax him in his sleep Ooh, this next one is tricky and it's way out of my comfort zone because I am va va vanilla, but we'll give it a try. It's about relationships. Okay, Catherine, I'm 29. I've been with my husband for 10 years. We've been married just for the last two, though, and they haven't been great. We decided naively to start an open relationship to spice things up. It was fun at first, but I failed to realize I can't just do one-night stands. They're not for me. I remember you mentioned you need emotional connection in relationships, and I relate to this. Quickly, I found myself catching feelings for the guy I was seeing. All parties were aware of the open relationship. Long story short, my husband caught on I was developing feelings and decided it was time to put an end to things, and we separated last year. In all the mess of the separation, he told all our friends and family about the open relationship, which mortified me beyond belief. I thought we would be able to reconcile quickly. After all, it was a lapse of judgment that had got out of hand. But as soon as he told everyone about the open marriage, I just felt judged and embarrassed. I didn't know how I could face anyone again. I felt betrayed by the airing of dirty laundry. He felt betrayed. I developed feelings for someone else. And I decided it would never work out and to move forward with the separation. Against my best judgment, I continued seeing the guy I developed feelings for. I was sad, but I really wanted to put it behind me and just move on. During the separation, I racked up loads of debt as I was having to rent somewhere else while trying to sell my property. I also experienced three miscarriages with the new guy. Needless to say, it was a completely shit year. I felt really out of control of the situation and a fool for letting things get out of hand the way they did. My confidence plummeted, and of course, my rebound with the new guy didn't work out. Then, my husband offered an olive branch. He missed me and wanted to reconcile. I had doubts, and we had a lot of honest conversations, but we decided to try and make things work after 18 months apart. After all, we were so happy together before all this. No, you weren't. 
So we've taken things slowly the last few months. I've moved back in with him and I'm starting to feel happier and like we're falling back in love again, but things do feel different. I'm struggling to let go of everything that's happened. I feel a lot of guilt around the debt I racked up, which he's aware of, and I'm so scared to face our families and friends together. I just feel really burdened by it all and I can't forgive myself fully for the mistakes I've made. I find myself missing the guy I was seeing, not because my husband isn't great, but because he represented a fresh start and something new. I really want a baby, but our relationship feels so fragile at the moment that starting a family seems out of the question, even though we were trying to conceive before the separation. I'm terrified there's something wrong with my fertility as well, but I can't open up about the miscarriages with another man. Is this damage too much to repair? My husband and I love each other greatly despite this shit show situation, but sometimes love doesn't feel like enough. I feel he deserves better than me and that I've made too many mistakes and I'm burdening the relationship with problems. Is this really a rough patch or is it time to call it a day? It's time to call it a day. And I know this. And I'm sorry, you know, I am just a clown, so I might be wrong. But if you want my advice, this is done, 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 done. I mean... Part of what's important in a relationship isn't just how you feel about the other person. It's about how you feel about yourself. In this relationship, you feel shame. In this relationship, you feel like a burden. In this relationship, you feel not good enough. And that might, you know, it's not because you aren't good enough or that you should be shameful or anything else. You know, you don't have to know why you feel that way. It's just these are not feelings that you will have in the right relationship. Also, you said, oh, things were so great before we decided to fuck other people. What? You would not have decided to fuck other people if things were so great. Um, You know, some, some families and relationships are cool with that, but you're not. You already said you didn't like it and you always catch feelings and it's not... Uh, the right dynamic for you so something was wrong for you to want to go to this place to spice it up and it only caused you problems because it isn't authentic to who you are you were like grasping at straws and trying to you know spice something up by doing what you had learned somewhere might help but it only created more problems because it wasn't right for you so wow yeah it is a shit show you've had miscarriages with the rebound which you know Whatever you believe about religion in the universe, it's it's great not to have a baby with a person who's not right for you. So, you know, bullet dodged maybe. Maybe that person wasn't right for you. But that's not to say that your husband is either. He told friends and family about your arrangement, which was supposed to be private. He has betrayed your trust. And I hate to say, but if you are just, you know, young, you're in your 20s, and you only have each other to worry about. And and by that, I mean, you maybe don't have like a huge mortgage, or there hasn't been some tragedy in the family or sickness to deal with, or like death to deal with, or babies to deal with, or, you know, all the complexities that come with life, not to diminish, you know, you got a complex situation. But if this is hard, then that stuff will all be impossible. Uh, Having a baby never fixes anything, never brings anybody closer together. It's just, you know, you have to be so solid to have a baby and you have described this relationship as fragile. So, you know, I think walking away from something uh, and letting go is very different to giving up. You're not giving up on your marriage and you shouldn't feel guilty, but 
I think that this looks like a situation that you need to walk away from with love and respect and good honest intentions and remain friends and everything else but uh my instinct at first was like "Ooh, all this debt maybe stay married for a while and chip away at some of the debt because it's not just your fault you know this was a scenario that you both agreed to and if you were living somewhere else then that debt is mutual you know relationship debt but ultimately I think you'd be happier alone and then really get okay with being alone and then you meet the right person for you and I would say again because I'm not in a position to give you you know qualified advice for something so so tricky try to see a therapist if you can um also you're together for eight years and married for only two and the last two have not been great I feel like maybe you guys got married knowing it wasn't great and you were like but we'll get married and then it'll be good but we'll try for a family and then it will be good. But we'll fuck other people and then it will be good. And like, look, it's not good. And you've been with this guy since you were fucking 19. So it's okay that it didn't work out. It doesn't make you bad. And thank God you didn't have children with people that aren't right for you because it is complex navigating co-parenthood with an ex. And I feel like when you do meet the person who's right for you, if you want to have children, it'll just work. And I think God is saving you from, you know, you know, having to do the thing that a lot of us do and is fine, but is complicated. Oh, this is from one of my younger listeners. This lady is 13. Catherine, I'm a 13-year-old girl. I struggle with anxiety, but I keep it a secret. Well, it's no secret because I think every teenager struggles with anxiety and you are so not alone in your anxiety And if you feel shameful about it, feel like you can't talk to anyone about it, I bet that if you look around a little bit more carefully or you open up to a close friend, you say, you know, I feel really anxious sometimes and I worry about this and that, then you will see that many of you share those feelings. So don't worry about it. I've been struggling with my sexuality, but I've brushed it all off as I'm still young. I've been going over the thought of being pansexual or bisexual as I find any gender attractive. I've played this thought over in my head and I've come to the conclusion that I'm probably wrong and instead of being LGBTQ+, I probably just find any gender attractive and that's it. But when I was in school, someone had jokingly asked if I was gay and before I was able to answer, someone else interrupted and said jokingly, yes, I was gay. And then I responded with, no, I'm pansexual. I didn't think it through and now at least three people think I'm gay. I know my problems are minuscule compared to the people who email you. Any advice is appreciated. By the way, my mom is totally fine with people being gay. Huh. Oh, my God. And then you put sorry for my bad grammar. I'm not the brightest. What the hell? First of all, you're very bright. You feel very intuitive, very in tune with yourself and thoughtful about not only other people's problems because you apologize like, oh, my problems aren't too big. But, you know, you're very critical of yourself and anxious. And I think... All of that going on in your brain is you have a very busy brain. And that's to me suggests that you're very intelligent. You're super bright, but too much of that um, mental energy is going to the wrong places. You know, Um, you you don't have bad grammar. You should see some of the fucking emails I get from like very adult adults who cannot spell. And I read it and it makes my eyes water. But your grammar is fine and you're very smart and you're very smart to be thinking about your life and introspective and thinking about how you should identify. 
And the good news is you don't have to decide. And I know that a few people think that you're gay now, but most of the people that I knew when I was 13, I didn't know anymore when I was 14. And I definitely didn't know by the time I was 16. And it's okay if a few people think you're this, you're that, you're you're mean or you're gay or, you know, you can't swim or you love Justin Bieber. You know, it, it, it's not your responsibility to manage and control what everyone else thinks of you. So you can take a deep breath and leave that at the door. That doesn't have to be part of your anxiety. You can never control what other people think of you. What other people think of you is none of your business. You have to move forward in your life and make different choices about how you want to present yourself and who you want to be and what you want to do. And people will misunderstand you by accident sometimes. And people will misunderstand you on purpose sometimes just to be problematic. So just, you know, think of it like a real heavy coat and just take that coat off and you don't even have to hang it up. Just drop it on the floor and walk away from that heavy, heavy coat with rocks in the pockets. None of your business. Lots of people think that I'm a bitch. Lots of people think that I've had a ton of plastic surgery, that I have a nose job. Lots of people think all types of things about me. And part of my joy and my peacefulness in my own life, pretty much void of any anxiety, uh, is that I don't care. They can think whatever they want. And you're 13 and your problems aren't small. They're uh, big problems for your age. And that's okay. And when I was 13, I did have more anxiety than I had now. And I wasn't as confident. And I was apologizing a lot and being like, oh, well, I cared what other people thought so much. And I just wanted to blend in and be like all the other girls. But I was really lucky that I didn't blend in because if I blended in with them now, I mean, well, that'd be a sad life for me. Um, yeah. All you have to do is find your own way in life. And if people want to get the wrong idea, don't correct them, you know, because you don't have to decide. Another young person, I'm very cool with the youngs, the youth. Hi, Catherine, I could really use some advice because I'm really struggling. My parents separated three months ago, so things are still a bit up in the air. They were both great, but obviously not meant to be together, mostly because my dad was stuck in the 1990s thinking women should be in the kitchen. <laughs> When my mom has a good job that she worked hard for and is getting better income than he is, and she's also stunning. So anyway, I'm off to uni in a few days, and I'm very, very worried about my mom. She's going to be all alone for the first time in 20 years, as I'm the youngest of three. She's very tough, but I know it's going to be hard for her. What should I do? Should I stay home a year to be with her? How can I make sure she never feels alone? I know for a fact she would never tell me if she was struggling, because she knows that I've just not been in the best mental state. Also, tell your stylist to go on Tinder and set the location to somewhere where rich people live and then she'll find a sexy millionaire. Well, thank you for thinking of Fiona in this time. I reached out looking for a date for Fiona and ugh, the pickings have been slim. I will tell her your advice. Maybe we need to turn to like your generation to help Fiona. On the subject of your mom. I don't mean to laugh at your problem. I really don't. But your mom has just moved not only a man who didn't treat her well, but also three children whom she spent the last 20 years raising out of her home. 
She loves you very much. It's not that she wanted to get rid of you, but trust me when I tell you that she might have a wobble for like two days and then she will just lean into it. She will enjoy the solitude, the really tidy house. You know, she's going to figure out what to do with her own life. It's, it's almost like you're not the only one going to uni. Your mother is embarking upon this whole new phase of life. She's stunning, like you said. She has a good job, like you said. And your dad's out on the picture now? I mean, I would, I would, I would change my sheets at Thanksgiving. I would, I would just... You know, maybe give your mom uh, some room to have fun. She might spend a little bit of time going to the clubs or like doing things you're not familiar with your mom doing. Maybe not. Maybe she'll like take up knitting or go on a cruise with her girlfriends. The world is your mother's oyster. And she loves you. She'll miss you. But she she worked for the last 20 years to make you the kind of person who's going to spread your wings at uni. So don't feel guilty at all. Just make the best of that time that you can. Your mom will definitely be making the best of time that she can. And then when you reunite at Christmas or whatever, you know, you'll both be able to recount what you got up to with your first few months away from each other. But definitely, definitely, definitely go to uni. Definitely. Oh my gosh, definitely. Don't worry about your mom. She's got it sorted. Thank you so much for listening to another week of Telling Everybody Everything. Email me, tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. If your emails are too, 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 too long, I can't read them and fit them on the podcast. So if you've written me a problem and you're annoyed that it didn't get answered, I mean, I don't, you know, just try to give me the hits. Just condense that email a little bit into something with you know, just the crucial information that we need. And then maybe I can include it on the podcast. I really do want to, but the podcast is kind of about 45 minutes long. So if your email is 45 minutes long, then you understand I cannot. If you have pre-ordered the audacity, thank you so much. It's about to come out. If you'd like to pre-order the audiobook, that comes out September 30th as well. And it has extra content officially confirmed from Julie McCarthy, my mother. And she, oh, who mama, this content is hot. It's kind of like an extra book. It's like a book within a book, this extra content. Um, it's wonderful. I'm going to let you listen to a little bit of it now. Hello. I'm TV's Katherine Ryan's mother. I loved this book. I'm relieved that I didn't come out worse in her memoir, not because I was a shouty shrew. I wasn't. But we learn a lot with our first baby, and my expectations were sometimes maybe a little unfair. Thankfully, I had my mom to set me straight. Of course, I'm proud of Catherine because she's strong, principled, beautiful. Oh, and all right, all right, and all right, all right, all right. All right, mom, all right. It's not all just glowing about me. It's some really interesting stuff too, and I think oh, it just adds a layer of context to everything that you know about me to hear from my mom. And I love her voice; is just so soothing. If you thought mine was soothing. I think that if you have the book, getting the audiobook is worth it as well. And I'm not trying to like hustle you and sell you the book twice. My mom's extra content is so incredible. It's like half an hour or something. It's like an extra book at the end. It's LOL. Uh, it's moving. It's, uh, it's great. So thank you, mom, for doing that extra content. Thank you for listening to the Telling Everybody Everything podcast. And I will see you guys next week. And then really soon, I'm going to see you on tour. Mrs. kicks off in October. And God willing, the vid will not push any more dates. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.